0: Hey, welcome to the Comic Sauce podcast where we talk about comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cal Comics. I'm your host today, Rainier, and I'm joined today by Henry Lou. Henry, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Good to be here, man.
0: All right, man. So last night was the finale of Game of Thrones. So today we're going to talk all things Game of Thrones, specifically this season, the season finale, which is very fresh in our heads. Where do we start, Henry? <laughs>
1: So much to talk about. You know, recently we've been talking quite a bit about Game of Thrones, right? But really just individual episodes. You know, we talked about the spoils of war. We talked about the, just last week, the the lead up to the season finale. Um, but now that the season is over, season seven has completed, I thought, we both thought, you know, it'd be good to kind of recap and just... Kind of get a feel for where we're at here, yeah?
0: Yeah, a lot of action this season.
1: Oh, a lot. A whole lot. Yeah, for a season that has been the shortest to date, it was action-packed. There might have been more action this season than any season that has passed.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the Dragons have definitely stepped everything up.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Let's see. So, where should we start? Should we start with how the season started? Should we start with the finale since it's fresh in our heads?
1: I'm thinking the finale just because yeah, it's kind of fresh in our heads. I mean, this it's literally the day after. This is Monday, August twenty eighth, and the finale aired last night. We just watched it. So yeah, let's 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 go through it.
0: So do you remember my my initial concerns was that you know the last three four episodes have been. They've been stepping things up, man. It's been like watching a movie from week to week. Yeah. And I was worried that the finale was going to be anticlimactic because of how well they've been doing every episode up until this mm-hmm. point.
1: Yeah. I remember that.
0: I feel it delivered.
1: Definitely. There's a major shit that happened. You know, there's no question. There's multiple major happenings here. What should we uh, start with?
0: <laughs> oh, man, I mean, I don't There's know. a lot. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much that happened. <laughs> Maybe we should start with uh, Littlefinger.
1: I was thinking that too. Okay. Let's start there. You know, with Littlefinger, that was a big surprise to me. I did not see that one coming.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he did either. <laughs>
1: he he definitely didn't. Yeah, I was, um, you know, it's funny I, when, when that scene started, what I was most interested in was seeing Arya and Littlefinger in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Because there had been some theories that, you know, a while back, that Arya had already killed Littlefinger and she was, you know, uh, impersonating him so I was keeping an eye out there so I did see Arya I did see Sansa but I hadn't seen Littlefinger yet so was like oh where is he but then they showed him I was like okay so that kills that theory and while I was just sort of getting over that you know I, I like I said I had no idea that his uh oh before I say anything spoiler alert <laughs> Oh yeah, we're well.
0: I, I think we're well beyond that. I think everyone <laughs> who
1: listens in knows that we're spoiler-filled all the time. But you know, always got to do the courtesy spoiler alert.
0: Yeah, spoiler load zone.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Littlefinger fucking dies. Arya slashes his throat open, and he's dead. Yeah,
0: um, he died. Caitlyn Stark died right through the throat. Yeah,
1: that's right. Right. Through you know, the maybe gullet. some poetic justice there. You know, and it actually, with his own knife too, right? Yeah,
0: but yeah. even to even before this, like the buildup of the tension between Sansa and Arya, they did it so cleverly well, right? They, yeah. There was just a lot of there was a lot of doubt, a lot of hesitation on both sides. You could tell there was anger on both sides. Uh, Arya was she was an imminent threat for Sansa.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely a situation where you thought. Arya was the one in danger in this scene because... Sansa
0: or Arya? I think you mean Sansa, right? Well, Oh, wait. uh, I'm talking about the buildup because you know how Arya Arya is now like this ninja badass. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, there was that earlier scene where, yeah, it did seem like Arya was was straight up going to kill Sansa, right? That seemed real. And on the flip side, there's this scene. The way it started, it seemed like Arya was the one in trouble. Like maybe not that Sansa was going to kill her, but she she might banish her or something like that, you know? But, yeah, the the big turning of the tables was that it was Littlefinger who was the one being accused. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, first she listed, first Sansa listed all of the crimes that were being um, sentenced? Yes. Or explained or Mm -hmm. bullet-pointed? Yep, treason and murder. And all the while, Arya is in the center of the room. She was called... Uh, into what are they what do they even call that place uh, the the council room or Something the, like that. the the court yeah.
1: and she it's uh, Arya was standing right in the middle Dead she center. seemed like the accused right
0: yeah. i like i like Arya's line about you sure you want to do this <laughs> right and so right right here we are thinking oh man Arya is going to get some kind of crazy sentence from Sansa and then at the last second the curveball is thrown right at Littlefinger. Yeah, I like yeah. the look on his face too. He's like, "Wait, what?"
1: Right. He's the guy who, like, the series to date. He's had the answers. He's the one in control. He's never been off guard like this. Yeah, so no curveballs.
0: Th- no, no curveballs his way. Yeah,
1: this is a new situation for him. He wasn't. He was not ready for it. Clearly,
0: he went out like a bitch too, man. <laughs> he started begging and pleading. <laughs> yep, on like, his knees, get crying. me out of here. He cried, crying, and begged like yeah. a little bitch. <laughs>
1: It was weird, you know, it was interesting to see. And in a way, I mean, to me, I don't want to say disappointing, but t- to me, I always thought Littlefinger was like one of the main villains of the show. I and mean, I, he really has been. He's been the guy behind the scenes running the show, making things happen. And uh, like this past season, yeah, like like you're saying, he's gone out like a bitch. You know, he tried to pull the same shit he's pulled in the past. Failed and ultimately he went out crying, and um, yeah.
0: What's crazy though is that he he loved Sansa. He loved the Stark family. Yeah, yeah. Despite throwing them into the fire at every turn, you could tell that you could tell like he there he he was he was vested in this family. Yeah. And as he was playing to Sansa, like I loved you as a child. Mm-hmm. I love you now. Yeah. I almost thought like maybe she would. She would maybe, I don't know.
1: Give him some mercy. Maybe show a little bit of mercy. (laughs) Well, you know, it is interesting, like, the way he went out. Because, yeah, the whole time I thought that he's like this diabolical mastermind. And it felt odd to me this past season where he's really kind of professed his love and his loyalty to Sansa. And the whole time I'm thinking, he, this is his game. Like, this is what he does. You know, but in the end, after all that that begging and pleading for his life and crying on his knees, I came to the realization that, you know, yes, he is a brilliant mastermind, a master manipulator, but a lot of what he was about was this obsession with the Stark family, his love for, for um, uh, Sansa, for for um catelyn stark you know th- there was a, a genuine it might have been kind of twisted but a, a sort of twisted affection for for them and i guess in the end that's kind of what cost him i think that's where he got sloppy you know he let his emotions kind
0: of get get the best he of him. just didn't shut up he just kept talking <laughs> if he would have just shut his mouth he would have been just fine.
1: Yeah, when he was started to confess to killi- killing, a uh, Lady Erin and shit, like I was like, dude,
0: what are you doing, man? You just fucked up big time. Yeah, he's setting himself up, and yeah. he, he got the ultimate, uh, ultimate sentence.
1: So as it turned out, that was really the the major character death of this show, of this finale, right? I was kind of expecting at least one major character to die. And, and he was the one. He wasn't the one I was expecting at all. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he was the one. And it, it, it made me think that, you know, it was a great season. It was an intense season. Lots of action, a lot of close calls. But in the end, there weren't really any beloved characters. Yeah, I was expecting.
0: I, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting someone that we were all rooting for. Was going to die. Yeah. And, you know, it's great. I thought Sam was going to die.
1: Right. You had mentioned that to <laughs> the me. The moment he started yeah.
0: trolleying off away from the Citadel.
1: I was thinking that. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought when 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 he was in the Citadel, I thought he was safe. But once he left, I'm like, oh, shit. He's in trouble. But so far, he, he's safe. And like I said, pretty much all the beloved characters going into this season are still there. And, you know, as great as the season was, there wasn't any any major <clears throat> any major characters who died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So which begs the question, you know, I know this that question has come up with Game of Thrones and Walking Dead quite a bit. After a certain amount of time has passed, is it you know, are are the people running these shows kind of like, well, we got we got a good thing going. Let's just let's not rock the boat. Let's keep our fans happy.
0: who's got immunity right who's built up immunity you
1: know you kind of gotta wonder you know because like i said there really hasn't been any beloved characters who've died for for a while on game of thrones who is known for for doing that yeah what do you
0: think a dragon died i mean (laughs) it's true but that we don't there's no emotional i mean other than daenerys's view of these dragons as her children there's really there's nothing and also being like just really cool dragons there's no emotional tie to these things. Yeah. I mean, they're, they might as yeah. well be, you know, they might as well be droids from Star Wars that just get shot off. <laughs> oh, be
1: careful! While you're worrying there. If they they destroyed R2D2. Then <laughs> there'd be a lot of angry people, right? <laughs> but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, there's there's really not a huge emotional connection, fan-wise, to uh, Daenerys's dragons.
0: We did have a close call with uh, Tyrion and yep. uh, and with Jamie. but before we get into that, we should talk about the meeting they had at the Dragon Pit. So, yeah. the first half of the episode was mainly focused on this reunion tour of everyone getting together yeah, in this yeah. arena uh, at King's Landing. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about that?
1: It was great. You know, like that's the beauty of you could argue of, of TV. You know, like with movies, you don't get that time investment but fans of the show we've spent a lot of time with these people and you know what could be boring in another format just dialogue scenes just because of the 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 character development we've witnessed it's very compelling to see you know braun and podrick meeting up again and brienne and jamie and the hound and his brother and euron and theon you know like just these little moments are super cool you yeah know?
0: yeah them getting together like that i found that as exciting as seeing you know the dragons wage war uh against you know against armies and armies fighting like i yeah. thought that i thought that was really exciting definitely yeah it was cool to see
1: i'm glad that they they spent a little time and um yeah it's fun just like just little little stink eyes thrown around here and there you know when um when the Hound first sees uh, Brienne, you know, you remember it calls back their fight, which is a brutal, vicious duel to the death, you yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. Just the little callbacks.
0: Oh, so I did get to see the actor. I forget the actress's name that plays Brienne. Um uh-huh, you know
1: her yeah. name? Oh, G- Gwendolyn something. Okay. So yeah.
0: I got to see her at this at this Comic-Con panel where it's like badass women in pop culture. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was explaining that fight with herself and the Hound and um, there's one there's one point in the fight where where Brianne takes a, kicks him right in the nuts and so they were, she was talking about rehearsing the scene and she was talking about how okay I'm going to get as close as I can to make it look as real as possible yeah and then at the last second before they yelled sh- before they yelled action he told her I want you to kick me in the balls as hard as you can I want you to really <laughs> kick me in the sack as hard as you can whoa and she did it no way. And so that was a real reaction.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And to it. see
0: them come together in this episode and they both, they basically forgave each other. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. There was it was a brief interaction, but he did kind of walk away feeling that it was they both felt like, oh, it's just water under the bridge, let's move on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. And there's a lot of crossover too, like Jamie and Brienne and Braun and Tyrion. There's yeah. a lot of like, there's a lot of these friendships and and relationships that had forged. That it's not just this one to one thing. Like there's this complex crossing of yeah. of of interactions between everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. And it really kind of solidified the theme that it's time to put away our little differences and come together to to take on this greater threat. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, it, it was a great way to kind of wrap up the season because. Especially, you know, at the very end of the episode we saw, you know, the White Walkers breach the wall and
0: Ooh, before we get into that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but just, just leading up to that I'm yeah. saying, you know, it, it's I think it's a good move to have that sort of mindset where it's like it's time to come together. We gotta come together to, to take on the bigger threat.
0: So that was the whole reason for being in the in the what they call it, the dragon pit. Right, right, yeah. Was to show to Cersei that these White Walkers, these zombies, really exist. What would you think of that reveal when... Uh, well, actually, the, so the first thing they showed uh, is them traveling to King's Landing, and you see the Hound come down, and you see him knock on a box, and the box yeah. just goes crazy as if a rabid animal's inside. So it's like, okay, White <laughs> Walker's still there. Yes. And it's uh, still kicking and screaming. Yep. What did you think of the reveal when they uh, opened up that box? Was that a good lead-up? <laughs> it was good. You know... It uh, I mean For a second I was thinking, Oh shit, it's dead. And, oh right, and right. They're just gonna they're gonna <laughs> say, What is this? So what are you showing me here?
1: Right, it's just a corpse.
0: Or it had escaped somehow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there there were some stakes. You know, they they had to have that that zombie alive and kicking in order to to, to make their case, right? So there, there was a little bit of tension there. But yeah, no. Once once it you know woke up, whatever you want to call it, and started writhing around and screeching. I
0: liked how the first thing it ran towards was Cersei. Yeah, it didn't look exactly. at anybody else but her. And you would think that would be enough of, a, of of that would be enough of convincing of her to say, "Oh shit, this is a real threat." Right, uh, right. Maybe we should set aside our differences. But she still remains the villain through and through. Yeah. Only looking out for herself. Exactly. And seeing it as an opportunity to take an advantage.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know Cersei's decision to to like essentially double cross John and Daenerys, it not not a huge surprise. You know, she's that's how she rolls. But also, you know, um, I felt like if she saw what Daenerys saw north of the wall. That might be a different story. But yeah, she just, one,
0: one White Walker one versus zombie. an army of White Walkers.
1: Yeah, that, that's a huge difference, right? Huge difference. Yeah. And it makes me think, you know, like I'm bringing up Walking Dead a lot, but you can't help but <laughs> make the comparisons, especially now with the undead. And the on, zombies, right? Yeah, yeah GOT. So, um, okay. So there, there, are, there have been examples on Walking Dead where people who really – who don't really buy in, who haven't bought into the threat of the zombies, you know, getting their their, their minds changed. I, I think of the, the that scene where Herschel still considers the zombies like kind of alive still and they can be cured. And then Shane starts like chopping off limbs and shooting these walkers' torsos off, but they're still moving. That's when he convinced them, right? So, uh, you know, they did a similar thing here, right? When the hound, he, like, just cuts that that uh, that zombie in half and it's still moving. That the, the upper body is still moving, right? That's yeah. when you know, it's like, oh, this is the undead. Like, there's no way, like, a person could actually do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. they
0: were trying to display that. It doesn't matter what you throw at it, but there's, there's only specific ways you can kill it.
1: Yeah, but here's the big difference. So in the world of The Walking Dead, other than the walkers, it's... The world we know, you know. Cut to GOT, okay, it, it's pretty amazing that there are these undead people walking around, but there's also dragons. <laughs> there's also giants. Mm-hmm. There's giant wolves. There's, there's there's magic. There's three-eyed ravens. There's three-eyed ravens. There's like the Lord of Light, people coming back to life and shit. So, I, okay, for me, Cersei seeing like a zombie writhing around, not that shocking. You know, I, I, I kind of believed it that when she didn't really buy into the whole, like, the world's going to end mm-hmm. sort of thing. You know, I, I bought that.
0: All right. So the conversation uh, in the dragon pit ultimately ends with them sort of starting back at square one because Cersei doesn't, she buys that these exist. Yeah. Right. Oh, we should probably talk about Euron about how he just gets up and leaves. Right. <laughs> right. right. First question he asks: can these things swim? And they say, no. He's like, peace out. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking my ships. I'm going to find an island, and I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, which seemed like a very logical and and smart
0: response Um, on his part. But I think come later, we find out that was orchestrated. Yes. Right, by by Cersei. Mm -hmm. So she's still three, five steps ahead here.
1: Right, always scheming. Yeah,
0: so they leave leave this arena um, with... Let's see, Danny, Tyrion, uh, John, they're mm-hmm. like, shit, we're right back at square one. Yeah. So, despite showing proof that these things exist and there's a greater threat in the world, uh, we still have her to deal with.
1: Yep. And we should probably call out the fact that John kind of ruined the whole situation oh, right. by sticking to his word, right? like he the most
0: honorable man in Westeros <laughs> doesn't know how to play the political game he sticks to Not his honorable all. integrity
1: right yeah so he he said he could have pledged his allegiance to Cersei and she would have done the alliance thing but the fact that he already quote unquote bent the knee to Daenerys he just couldn't do it right he had to maintain his oath yeah, yeah. and
0: and even in, in an immediate conversation after that Daenerys was like I appreciate what you did, but you didn't have to do that.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. You know, that uh, makes me think of something else, too. We, we brought up Brienne. Uh, the actress's name is uh, Gwendolyn Christie, by the way. I just looked it up. <laughs> but she, speaking of oaths, she had a brief brief exchange with Jamie and she's said the words, fuck loyalty. Did you catch that? Yeah. That's huge because she's been this character who's really stuck to her word also, right? But that really speaks to the severity of the situation. She recognizes that with the White Walkers, the Night King coming, that it's survival mode. You know, like you got to just put away th- these these like petty differences and these sort of antiquated traditions aside so even she recognizes you can, like, you can start to, like, break away from that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yep. Her, Brienne and John, they've been honest yeah. and loyal through and through. But this case is a unique scenario.
1: Yeah, and even Brienne is sort of like, we, we, we don't need to do that anymore. But John is really sticking to his gun. So that's definitely reflective of, of his character. Yeah.
0: And I like that about John, man. Yeah, yeah. He's you know? still the same Jon Snow we know from the first episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, he—he, he, you know, he is—he's the most honorable man in all of Westeros. <laughs> I think we we all can agree there. Okay, so yeah, let's get to the Lannister stuff. You know.
0: Yeah. So let's see. So Cersei walks away, and Jamie Oh no! Let's see. Uh, Tyrion is like, I'm the only one that can. That that could probably persuade her, right? Right. If there's Knowing, any
1: chance, he, yeah. he'd be the guy, right?
0: Knowing that he's walking into a room where it's almost certain death for him because one, he's killed their father. Yep. Two, he's killed their mother in <laughs> childbirth,
1: and he's led to Cersei's children dying as well. Maybe most yes. importantly, right? Right. Yeah.
0: So from Cersei's point of view, Tyrion is nothing but bad news. There's yeah. no incentive to believe him, uh, and there's all and every reason to just get rid of him.
1: All right, she's got she's no reason to keep him around, you know. So he's yeah, it's it's a dangerous, dangerous move for him to
0: walk in there unarmed and alone. So let's talk about this exchange here. So Tyrion basically throws everything out on the table. He's he's listing out every single thing he's done wrong through Cersei's eyes. Yep. But the question he asks is, why don't you why don't you kill me now? Why don't you mm-hmm. give the order? If you hate me that much. Yeah. And so for a second, did you think, I thought, maybe, I don't know, because the mountain was standing right there. Yep. Ready to go. Cersei was definitely heated and angry. Did you think she would have made the call?
1: That scene, I never felt that Tyrion was in danger. I mean, there was danger around him, but I never thought, I never thought that he was going to go. I didn't think, it was going to happen.
0: So is Tyrion now one of those guys that has this immunity that <laughs> you're just leading to? Um, I mean, he's,
1: if there are protected characters, you would have to think he's one of them. But you know, even that aside, I never felt like if he was to go, I, I that that's not the way I, I wouldn't, I, I would I don't think he, he would, would have gone like that.
0: Yeah. That would have been terrible. Yeah. And so let's fast forward here. Um, Jamie and Tyrion they they meet in the hallway before walking into Cersei's room, mm-hmm. and they just have this exchange of well, I could possibly die here, so we should probably just say goodbye to each other now. <laughs> yeah, and they were both in agreement that like Cersei she's hot off the rails here, and she could make a very bad rash decision at this point to kill either of them. Yep. So Tyrion walks away unscathed. Uh, Jamie. I don't know. This one, let's see. So the same, similar exchange. Yeah. Um, although different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Tyrion... Okay, so Tyrion and Cersei both come down back uh, into the dragon pit. Yep. And Cersei suddenly had a change of heart. It looks like what Tyrion wanted to have happen, happened. He was able to convince her to... You know, join their cause. Seemingly, that was I don't. To me, I don't know. I don't know what the conversation had been off-screen, but that (laughs) moved a little too quickly. I think. Yeah,
1: that was that was definitely eyebrow-raising. You're like, oh, that's all it took?
0: Oh, and Tyrion. Tyrion also recognized that Cersei was pregnant. Right. Although. But the question is, was she purposely showing that? Right.
1: You have to wonder because, after realizing that she has ulterior motives was she rubbing her belly on purpose, you know, like, yeah, you know, it is very possible. Very possible. But yeah, to but the next exchange is pretty interesting too between Cersei and, and Jamie where again, the threat of death is there. You know, the mountain is looming in the background. Yeah, and this conversation between Cersei and Jamie, unlike the Cersei and Tyrion conversation, I really thought there was a possibility of of a of a death here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah.
0: I thought Jamie was on the chopping block, literally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there was a moment when the mountain, you know, pulled the sword out—not all the way, but there was a little zing. You know, like, oh shit! I thought that was
0: yeah partially unsheathed. Yeah,
1: I thought Jamie's time had come. Once again, you yeah. know this but is the not the only time. the conversation
0: was very similar under um, different circumstances. In this case, Cersei was Cersei was telling Jamie, like, "Are you really that stupid? Are you really that dense?" <laughs> yeah. And Jamie was like, "I'm going to do what you agreed for us to do. I'm gonna gonna travel north and we're gonna fight this thing." Yeah. And Cersei's like, "No, that's not what we're gonna do." Mm-hmm. So she had another agenda item, which. You know, she had that decision was made behind Jamie's back. So there's there's been this, this looming amount of distrust between Jamie and yeah. Cersei for a good amount of time now. Yeah. Yeah. Like early in the season, uh, Cersei threatened Jamie, like, don't ever do that to me again. Mm-hmm. And the same tone was brought here in this same conversation. And uh, just like Tyrion, Jamie was like, if you're going to do it, why haven't you called the order to have him yeah. executed?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I thought this was a great scene because I I bought it all. You know, a lot of what you're saying makes sense. You know, there's a, there's like a backstory here. There there's a history of them sort of butting heads, and when she just called him an idiot, and that I totally understood. Jamie just walking away. He's like, you know, I made my, you know, I gave my word. I would do this alliance. You're calling me an idiot. And you're kind of crazy as it is, like, it's time to go. You know, I, I said, okay, it's like, yeah, I, I, I believe it. You know, it's time. And, and when he walked away, for number one, I thought he might get killed. But number two, I, I believed him. It, it made sense that it's time for Jamie to just walk away. And that
0: line he delivered before he left, he was just like, I don't believe you. Yeah. And that goes in so many directions. One, <laughs> I don't believe you that you're not, I don't believe you that you're going to kill me. Two, I don't believe you. As I can't believe you're doing this. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like it can be interpreted many different ways. That's
1: a great call. Yeah, I think both meanings of that sentence apply. You know, it def- definitely applies for sure.
0: But Jamie walks away, is able to live another day. He yeah. has his moment where he's on his horse and he um, he gloves his uh, his uh, what is it? His prosthetic hand. Yeah. And then a snow, a single snowflake falls on the glove. Are, right. they, are they telling us that it never has snowed in, uh, in King's Landing?
1: <laughs> I think or that's is, what they're alluding to. Is that what it is? Well, I think, I mean, maybe in, in his lifetime, I mean, winter comes rarely, right? So when it does come, it's a big deal. And especially that far south, right? So that, that was really the, the the true sign that winter is here.
0: All right, so let's rewind back a little bit. Um, I know we've been kind of scratching our heads about this um, all morning. I'm pretty sure it's on on your minds too, but how the hell did Grey Worm and his army get to King's Landing so fast? Yeah. Because the last time we saw them, we saw him, uh, they were at uh, 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 Castle Rock.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if there's a deleted scene here or a missing episode, but... Something's missing, you know. Like last we saw Grey Worm, he and the Unsullied had taken Casterly Rock, but it was sort of a hollow victory because it played right into Jaime Lannister's, Lannister's plan, and that was to have the Unsullied take Casterly Rock, but then to kind of box him in. He would, he had the Greyjoy fleet, like surround the waters around it, and they didn't. They were short on supplies, so they were essentially trapped there. So cut to this season finale and all of a sudden everyone's at King's Landing. You know, the Unsullied is there, the Dothraki is there. Jamie and Bronn are looking upon them and they're commenting how there's like they have no penises and stuff. So like what <laughs> what we're, we're missing something here, clearly.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Although <laughs> let's see how many episodes have passed. Between last seeing Grey Worm and... I mean, it's been a while. It was like two episodes that we hadn't least seen him ti- At Quite army.
1: a bit of time has passed. I mean,
0: is it possible they could have marched that fast? I mean, considering <laughs> considering uh, the timeline that took place uh, with, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> the last episode, <laughs> um, where they had Gendry run all oh, the way yeah, to the Oh, yeah, beyond the wall. The wall. They, yeah. had a, they had a raven fly all the way to yeah. Dragonstone. And 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 Danny flew all the way to the wall. I mean, it yeah. seems like everyone's on an expedited um, <laughs> timeline for travel these days. Yeah,
1: everyone's got their running shoes on, clearly. But, uh, yeah, I think you just explained it. Like, I think the amount of time, there, there's been a quite a bit of time that has passed. And during that period, I think what happened was Grey Worm and the Unsullied, left Castle rock marched all the way to king's landing i think that's what happened now they should have explained that somehow either in a line of dialogue or or showed them like moving across some landscape
0: or something something just occurred to me you know how the hell did they get there faster than the dothraki who are on horses (laughs) that's right they were there first and then the
1: dothraki showed up right (laughs) so i don't know dude like Okay, we, we've talked about this before, but as great as this season has been, there's been all kinds of logic problems, plot holes, and inconsistencies. So, I, I guess, think, I think,
0: just timeline wise, I think timeline yeah. wise is where it can, can get confusing. But yeah. you know what? If they're sacrificing the budget to put more dragons on screen, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I think that's the consensus. Like, no one's really
1: complaining too much. Um, but you know, just just to be nitpicky, like there's some some plot issues going on. There's there's no question about it.
0: So let's get to the tail end of this episode where yeah. we end on the wall, and yes. we have um, oh god, what's that guy's name? Oh, Tormund. Tormund. Yeah. Uh, and his buddy, they're yep. climbing up to the top of the wall just to just to take a look, just to take a peek. Mm-hmm. Right. And here comes some White Walkers, uh, scattering, strolling in from the woods. Yep. So you know what's coming. They start. They start you know forming their army
1: yep you see a zombie giant at one point yep mm-hmm. and a lot a whole lot of these zombies are there in force oh
0: and just just in game of thrones fashion um we see a dragon fly mm-hmm. in a white walker dragon <laughs> Yep. breathing blue fire yeah blue ice <laughs>
1: i don't know that's the question is it fire is it ice i don't know I think this is where we can get
0: nitpicky again.
1: <laughs> I think I think it's blue fire. Uh, that's my take, too, because if you're going to take down a wall of ice, you can't really use ice to take out ice. Because we're going
0: making it stronger.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so blue fire. Why don't we call it blue fire? Blue fire. That's what it seems like. Yep. And it is... Uh, it is some serious destruction. Oh man, you know? yeah. In I like mean the wall is
0: fucking huge. Fell swoop in one big ass breath of blue fire, like the yeah, the the probably the most reinforced part of the wall is just taken down.
1: Yeah. And we've seen Drogon in action as a regular dragon and mm-hmm. it was powerful with the flame breath, but Drogon as a zombie dragon seems even more powerful, right? I think it, it's it's got enhanced powers now.
0: I mean, who's going to be able to throw a spear with that much accuracy that the Night King had shown? I don't know anyone in uh, I don't know anyone uh, south of the wall that can throw a spear like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the threat is is, is oh, a huge danger.
0: We do have Braun and his and the scorpion contraption. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so they need to make more of those.
1: I think so. Although, in my mind, the way to beat that zombie dragon is Bran Stark.
0: Yeah, Bran is the uh, he's the missing link.
1: Yeah, it's because he can warg, you know. And I think uh, that's that's how I think they could they could uh, defeat that dragon. Not, not only defeat, they could use that dragon to their own advantage, right? Yeah. So.
0: Um potentially, gently, you know. What I wonder though, like will Drogon or not Drogon? Uh, so this dragon that's now a white walker dragon, zombie dragon, uh-huh. um does it still have memory of Daenerys being its mother? Like, will it, you know, will it be completely relentless and just try <laughs> and mow her down? Or that's the big question. You know,
1: is it uh, the Winter Soldier? <laughs> does, <laughs> does Bucky remember Steve Rogers? Is it uh, Elektra remembering Matt Murdock? You know, I don't know. I think it's it's it, the dragons beyond that. You know, we've seen walkers on The Walking Dead. They have no memory. You know, once you're undead, I think that part of your brain just goes. That's that's my take.
0: How do I get more dragons?
1: (laughs) I don't know. You know, maybe the dragons... Look, if there is one person that a zombie dragon would remember, it would be Daenerys Targaryen, right? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That would seem really cheesy to me, though. Like, the dragon's just about to eat Daenerys, and then she, like, waves at it and snaps out of her. So that would be stupid, I think.
0: Oh, you know what we skipped over? We skipped over Daenerys and Jon Snow. That's right. Oh, major scene. Major scene. So all of this emotional, you know, um, like, looking into each other's eyes longingly, this Mm -hmm. tension between Daenerys and Jon has finally come... uh, no pun intended, Um, (laughs) to a connection here. Yeah. Right?
1: And in true Game of Thrones fashion, it's this moment that fans, a lot of fans have been like really waiting for, right? Jon Snow and Daenerys hooking up. And like I said, in true Game of Thrones fashion, it gives it to you, but it doesn't give it to you the way you want it. It gives it to you in kind of a creepy way because as you're seeing it, there's this voiceover where... Essentially, Bran is explaining that they're related. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> you know? So
0: Sam and uh, Gilly make it to they make it to the uh, to the wall. Yeah. And Sam's first interaction is with Bran, and Sam has this you know this this news uh, that Bran had assumed he knew the answer to, so he decided to fact check himself and mm-hmm. go back in time and take a look. So he did confirm, which I think everyone was already under the impression that they knew that uh, Rhaegar. Uh, you know, is the father of Jon Snow. And Jon mm-hmm. Snow's not his real name. His real name is Aegon Targaryen. So yeah. um, he's part Targaryen, part Stark. Yep.
1: And it was, you know, it, it revealed so many things. You know, A, that he wasn't a bastard. You know, at first it was like, oh, so he's a bastard, but he's not a snow. He's Jon Sand, right? No, no, not. No, he's not a bastard at all because it was like an official wedding. You know, Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark, they got married. And not only is his name not Jon Snow or Jon Sand, it's Aegon Targaryen. Aegon Targaryen. Whoa, crazy. And he's the true heir to the
0: Iron Throne. Yeah, yeah. And he looks like a Jon Snow. Does he look like an Aegon? Does he? <laughs> you think he'll he'll respond to Aegon once he finds out?
1: You know, it it does beg the question: yeah. if he is, you know, a Targaryen, why is he his hair like completely dark, black? You know, you think he would at least have some blonde hair on him.
0: Maybe that's the Stark side. <laughs>
1: Is it that dominant though? I mean, I don't know. Because th- those Targaryen people are, I mean, they, they're not just blonde, they're like platinum blonde, you know?
0: Yeah. So makes you wonder. Yeah. Then there's also the bigger question too is when John finds out that uh, this is his lineage, he is essentially the rightful heir to the throne. Yeah. More so, you know, more so than Daenerys. Yes. And one, is John going to want to take, or is Aegon going to want to take that seat? Um, and two, is uh, is Daenerys going to fight for it mm-hmm. if she wants it? Or is he going to stay loyal to Daenerys, have her sit on the throne? I don't know there's a lot of what ifs.
1: Yeah, how they react to that news is going to be interesting to see because it's not going to be good news to either of them. Basically, number one, they'll have found out that they've been sleeping with like blood relative oh right
0: yeah she's his aunt yeah what's with hot ants lately like aunt may oh. and Aunt <laughs> daenerys right. what's up with that i guess hot ants are the thing these days i guess but yeah number
1: two um you know this thing that daenerys has been holding on to for so long that she's the rightful heir to the throne that gets thrown out the window right it's actually john or aka Aegon, right mm-hmm. so yeah that's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out for sure
0: yeah, John has never he's never rushed for the seat of power in in any scenario. Like he's yeah. always stayed humble, honest and 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 you know, and loyal.
1: Yeah, and he's kind of been the reluctant leader, you know, yeah. pretty much throughout. So, yeah, pretty pretty huge news that he's you know, the rightful heir. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. And All so right. we end the episode with White Walkers taking down a wall and marching down south.
1: Yeah. So a lot of this this episode and a lot of the season has been, you know, pretty triumphant, you know, um, but it the season does end on a really dark note, a lot of doom and gloom here, so the threat is real, is real, right? So it, yeah. it, clearly setting up the final season to be the showdown between the armies, the 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 Night King's army against the people of Westeros. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. How do you think? So how do you think? This was, what, Season 7? Season yeah. How do you think Season 8, Episode 1 is going to open up, if you had to take a guess?
1: Well, I mean, the way, the way that Game of Thrones has gone, Episode 1, pretty much any season, has been a little slow. It, it, it's tended to be like a setup episode, so I, I could see that happening again. I don't think they're going to drop any huge bombshells right away.
0: I think it's gonna open up with the White Walkers taking over like a small town first. Yeah. Just to show the full wrath of what they will do to people.
1: You know, I do say that maybe not maybe not a lot is gonna happen, but I just found out that there's only six episodes in oh, this right. final season's It's gonna so, be short. Yeah, it's so short that they, they might have to keep things moving along. So there might be some major events in episode one. But I think comparatively, you know, compared to the rest of the season. I think there's going to be a lot more the
0: rest of the season. So the White Walkers, they just they just completely blew the wall down. Yeah. And they're marching. It doesn't look like they're taking time to kill anybody um, at, at the wall. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't. There was no retaliation. There was no... The show of force was mainly focused on the wall. Yeah. The people protecting the wall. Are we assuming they just died?
1: That is a really good question because there are two major characters who are on the wall you know what happened to them i I have to think they're not dead yet because i don't think they would kill those two characters off off screen um but yeah if the if the white walkers were just marching they weren't stopping to kill dudes it does imply that everyone who was on the wall did die so i don't know possible we'll see we'll see yeah So, yeah, what do you think about, uh, yeah, I'll throw this back to you. What what do you think about the final season? What do you think is going to happen?
0: Ooh, the final season? What's going to happen in the final season?
1: Yeah, beyond that first episode, you said, okay, maybe the White Walkers take out like a smaller village or something. Just bigger picture. How do you think things are going to shake out?
0: You know, we haven't seen much of the Children of the Forest. Ah, yeah. I have a feeling we're going to see them reemerge somewhere down the line. Um, we haven't seen much of uh of of the dragon glass manufacturing into mm. into weapons. so mm-hmm. how many of these guys are actually armed? I don't know. yeah, um but I, th- I don't know six episodes man I, it's jeez. I think it's just gonna end with, I think everyone's just gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just they're just all gonna kill themselves and that's it. yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna see a lot of dragons, we're gonna see a lot of giants. there's gonna be a lot of killing.
1: And then, of course, there's the theory that Game of Thrones is a um, is a prequel to Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Night King uh, is victorious and zombies rule the earth. And then, well, actually, you know, maybe maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe maybe uh, what happens is, like you said, everyone dies, and it seems like the entire world of Bustros is just completely empty. But then we see maybe there's like there's one. One White Walker left, and that's the seed that leads to uh, a world of zombies in in Walking Dead. The reason why it just <laughs> seems
0: highly plausible that everyone's gonna die is because I have a feeling George R. R. Martin. I think he's done with Game of Thrones. He's been done with Game of Thrones, right. and he just probably just wants it to end. So no no one will just fuck it up by continuing the series yeah. or creating just bastard like <laughs> sequels. I think he wants to have it come to a close.
1: I, you know, if there's one way to avoid other people taking his characters and doing what they want to do with them is kill them. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you said, if he kills everyone, then the, the story's over. You know. There you go. I could see that tie a little bow on it. <laughs> Call it a day. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I can't see that happening. I could see a lot of characters dying before this thing is is over with. But uh, I have this
0: feeling too of uh, like I don't know. I don't feel like. I think it's going to be really hard to top, like, the final episode of the final season. There's huge expectations for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure you're going to get, you know, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that are disappointed. There are going to be a lot of people that are happy. I don't know if you're going to be able to please everybody.
1: You know, one thing I was thinking is that I was a little surprised how early these allegiances were made. I thought there was going to be a fight for the Iron Throne and then the big battle with the White Walkers, but it seems like the, the alliance, well, clearly the alliance has begun, you know. Jon Snow, Daenerys, even Jamie has joined them, up with them. Um, so that's going to be interesting because it's not cut and dry. The, the, the fight for the Iron Throne is not over. Cersei is, is, has made that clear. But at the same time, there's the bigger threat. So that that's that that to me is gonna be the big question, maybe the most interesting part of the final season. How is the battle for the Iron Throne gonna play out with all these White Walkers marching south? You know? Pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I think Cersei's gonna sink with the ship. As long as she's sitting <laughs> on the throne, she'll take it anyway she might, can.
1: I could see that. Like she gets what she wants. You know, she's able to you know, she, all this this gold she's got, and all the Euron on Greyjoy ships and everything, she's able to to, to to maintain her her spot on the throne. But then ruling
0: over what? Yeah, ruling over what? You know, ruling and, over nothing.
1: And then maybe yes, yeah, she realizes that okay, it was all for nothing. She was she was she was focusing her efforts in in the wrong way. Something like that. I can see that.
0: I had this conversation about. I mean, there's been so much inbreeding in the Lannister family. What if Mm -hmm. the baby that Cersei is carrying is also an imp? (laughs) It's very possible. Wouldn't that be the biggest slap in the face to her? uh, Oh. Considering considering how much she hates Tyrion.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. That would be a really interesting uh, scenario there.
0: Yeah. So many possibilities. Definitely. Is it even Jaime's baby?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I don't think she hasn't. Well, we, at least we haven't seen her like sleep around and stuff, right? So I
0: mean, I don't know. <laughs> you never really, know. She's really close to her hand. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? That that wizard sorcerer? Oh yeah, name?
1: right, right, right. The Meister. Yeah. I don't know. And presumably it is Jamie's, but yeah. 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 Who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to kind of recap things, um, you know, I think a lot of people have have. Had a reinvigorated interest in this show because this season has been off the chain, man. I mean, one episode after another, really delivering
0: the goods. Yeah, this, in my opinion, is probably the best season of all. I mean, it's hard to argue against that. It really is. We've uh, we've seen this huge expanded world suddenly just consolidate into this one arena, right? Yeah. And there's there's a bigger threat that has that that is coming to light. It's, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, this season has changed the show. The the show for, you know, six seasons has had its own pace, you know, and developed its characters in a certain way. And this, this season kind of has thrown all the rules out the window. You know, we've talked a lot about some plot inconsistencies, and like shortening of the timeline um, and yeah you could, we could nit- nitpick about it but I think the show's kind of changed for the better you know like this faster pace has been really exciting and I think uh, a lot of what has worked for the show is still there like the characters are great the character development is great um, and just this sped up storytelling I think, I think is, is kind of a good thing it's been good it's been fun
0: you think this is an indication of george R. R. martin letting go of the reins because they're now beyond the the storyline in the books
1: <laughs> it's very possible it's very possible yeah. like yeah maybe the showrunners you know weiss and and uh, his partner like uh, benioff like they're like okay we can't wait for this old dude <laughs> to wrap things yeah, up we, gotta, we just we gotta, gotta step on the gas yeah we gotta step on the gas we gotta wrap things up we gotta we gotta end with a bang. I mean, it sure seems like that's that's kind of the the way they're they're doing it now,
0: right? <laughs> okay. Dude, will we talk about Theon and his uh, and his allegiance, his, sure. his loyalty yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Theon Greyjoy,
1: really, a really interesting character throughout the show.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought that was a little left fieldish um, about how he was like, I gotta go save my sister. Like, suddenly mm-hmm. he decided to grow a pair. And I get that, like, a lot of that might have been the inspiration that uh, he saw with John's you know, courage and yeah. sticking to his guns. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Theon's still a slimeball.
1: Well, I mean, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. At the same time, throughout the show, he has shown that he can step up to the plate at at certain times, you know, when he he essentially saved Sansa. You know, and um, the one thing, the one thing he did. Yeah, the one thing. Yeah, <laughs> and so so there's that, and you know the the conversation he ha- he had with John, with John Snow about like he's the guy he looks up to, and you know how in Theon's mind, John always does the right thing, and he wants he wants to be like that, right? So, and finally. Maybe for the second time in his life, he wants to do the right thing, you know. And I, I kind of get that, you know. He's, you could see it in his eyes when he, when he jumped ship, when he, when he ditched his sister, you know. Uh, you could feel the, the, the disappointment, you know. Like, like I, I cowered it out again, you know.
0: I think what's going to happen here is that he's going to so happen to stumble upon Euron, and whatever backhanded play he has with Cersei. And may unexpectedly save the day. Ah, yeah, maybe that's the redemption he's gonna get.
1: Might be onto something because, to me, it, yeah, it was kind of out of left field. It's like, why are we going down this Theon Greyjoy uh, subplot? But yeah, maybe it is leading to like him realizing, like, like the double cross, you know, something like that. It's possible. It's possible.
0: So we'll see what happens.
1: Yes, indeed. So I okay. think with that, uh, we can call it a day. I think so. Yeah. And maybe we can actually get back to comic books.
0: Yeah, we got a whole other <laughs> year before Game of Thrones comes back, so we won't be talking Game of Thrones for a while. Yeah. So uh, with that, um, this is Rainier and Henry signing off. All right. See ya.